Chapter 10 Cultural User Experience User experience is all about empathy for the user, and understanding cultural differences is central to this. If your website, or product or service, does not adapt to cultural differences, it will not truly meet users' expectations or create business value. Providing the best possible website experience for users in different markets goes beyond localising the language, switching currencies and updating a few images to represent the local culture. The road to successful cross-cultural design with great UX is more complex. Hofstede's theory of cultural dimensions. In Chapter 3, we spoke about Gert Hofstede's influential theory of cultural dimensions. The six dimensions were 1. Individualism versus collectivism 2. Uncertainty avoidance 3. Power distance index 4. Masculinity versus femininity 5. Long-term orientation and 6. Indulgence versus self-restraint Hofstede's theory gives us a framework for understanding how user experiences can be tailored for different cultures. For example, individualism versus collectivism. Individualistic societies emphasise individuals' independence, autonomy, personal goals and freedom of choice. For collectivist cultures, relationships with others, obedience to authority group goals, community and harmony in relationships are more important. Websites in individualistic cultures may include more personalisation options and imagery focusing on individuals. Websites in collectivistic societies may include imagery representing groups, particularly families, information such as company history, since the focus is on collective achievement, or a most popular category showing what other people have bought. For example, the American landing page for a search engine is typically minimal and clean, with one clear CTA, or call to action, whereas the Chinese version would have more content, banners, news and ads that fill the available space. This is not due to stylistic trends, but to the vastly different individualism scores of each country. America is a highly individualistic society, and US users typically know what it is they want to search for. In contrast, China is more of a collective society, where citizens prefer to read what others are reading. Uncertainty avoidance this dimension refers to the degree of tolerance for uncertainty and ambiguity. Cultures with low uncertainty avoidance have fewer rules and are more pragmatic. Cultures with high uncertainty are more emotional and typically have more rules, laws and regulations to protect themselves from risks. High uncertainty avoidance cultures favour clear, no-nonsense UX designs. Focus is on clarity and robustness. Ambiguities are discouraged. Clear and consistent messaging across all channels. 
and practical content with appropriate information and cues which signal credibility. By contrast, low uncertainty avoidance cultures favour multiple options, unique buttons and unconventional layouts, more general and symbolic messages with less detail, abstract imagery, and small but immediate gratification in every action taken by the user. In Germany, you are likely to see good examples of high uncertainty avoidant websites, with clear messaging and clean, distinct choices. Power distance. Power distance refers to the extent to which less powerful members of organisations accept and expect that power is distributed unequally. High power distance countries are more autocratic and lower power distance countries are more democratic. Access to information is restricted to those who are low on the power scale in a culture with high power distance. For websites in higher power distance cultures, this may mean that more importance is placed on user roles and permissions. There are limits on the information that everyone gets to see. More emphasis on highly structured information and system security. And imagery might focus on authority figures or perhaps landmark buildings. In lower power distance cultures, a more informal flow of information designed to be explored may be appropriate. Detailed information to allow people to make their own choices and decisions may feature. And images may portray a diverse array of people, men, women, children. For example, a beverage brand's website in Ireland showing images of diverse people would be a great example of low distance whereas a government website in Kuwait with highly structured, secure information would symbolise high distance. Masculinity versus femininity In this dimension, masculinity is defined as a societal preference for achievement, heroism, assertiveness and material rewards for success. By contrast, Femininity is defined as a preference for cooperation, modesty, caring for the weak, and focus on quality of life. Websites in highly masculine societies might contain imagery which emphasises competition and success, offer users tangible rewards, whether monetary or conceptual, or emphasise highly technical information. Websites in cultures which value a low level of masculinity might offer users a chance to donate a nominal sum to charity during checkout, contain imagery which favours relationships, and have multiple options and make connections between elements. An example of masculine culture could be a fast food brand's Austrian site showing successful achievers proudly. On the other hand, the same fast food brand site in Denmark may be more feminine, with softer hues and an emphasis on social welfare and care. Long-term orientation This refers to the relative ease with which a culture adopts social and normative changes. It is about how a society looks at its past 
and keeps traditions alive, as opposed to cultures which are more pragmatic and have behaviours which encourage future rewards. Websites in cultures with high long-term orientation may show images and colours that are related to the culture's past, such as the pyramids in Egypt, information that looks far into the future, such as plans for the next 10 years. Websites in countries scoring low in long-term orientation might show expectation of instant fulfilment and short financial gain. Applying Hofstede's theory. Hofstede's theory provides a preliminary understanding of what to consider when designing for new markets and identifies areas of potential opportunity. It allows you to generate hypotheses and research questions to test. That said, it has some limitations. Boundaries of cultures are subjective and do not always map neatly to geographical lines. The theory views people in a country as a whole, without considering the subcultures and regional differences within it. Culture evolves over time. Changes are difficult to identify from the framework. There are drawbacks to designing for the average, because every individual is different. Some of the terminology, particularly ideas around masculinity and femininity, is considered dated by today's standards. Therefore, it is important to incorporate user research methods as well to emphasise individual diversity. In addition to Hofstede's theory, here are some other cross-cultural UX tips and advice to bear in mind. Research local user interface patterns. In certain cultures, specific design patterns are accepted as universal. For example, with the help of Facebook and Gmail user interface designs, the hamburger and kebab menus have become the common choice for revealing navigation links and further options. However, outside of the West, users may be confused by them. The symbols do not universally appear in user interface designs around the world. Research by Dan Grover, former product manager at Tencent, showed that in the most popular Chinese apps, including WeChat and Weibo, hamburger or kebab symbols do not exist. Instead, a discover button, usually represented by a compass icon, is used for the not-quite-essential extras. This is because Chinese users see apps as an ecosystem rather than a single functioning product. To Chinese users, the action of discovering sparks intrigue and curiosity, which is more valuable than a straightforward here-are-more-options functionality. The same thing was true in India when Amazon launched its services there. In late 2018, Amazon could not understand why customers in India were not using the search feature for products to buy on the homepage of the mobile site. It turned out that the magnifying glass icon was not something people associated with search in India. It made no sense in the Indian context, as people thought the icon represented a ping-pong paddle. As a solution, Amazon kept the magnifying glass, but added a search field with a Hindi text label to let people know this was where they could initiate a search. 
customers and prospects from different cultures often react to design patterns in unexpected ways, or perhaps are used to alternative ways of conveying meaning or action. Design teams should not conduct a competitor and local product analysis to understand the local user interface patterns in that market. Referencing user interface patterns rooted in local culture and language is far more effective than introducing a pattern known in the West and expecting users in the East to adapt. Conduct user research. User research can give you insights which complement quantitative data, such as users' needs, expectation, and explanation of their behaviours. These are things that you cannot get by looking at conversion rates alone. The best way to conduct user research is in person, but sometimes this is not possible with the given time, budget, or location. As an alternative, there are plenty of tools to conduct remote user research. Choose a tool which works best for your target audience. For example, Netizen testing based in Singapore recruits users from Singapore and Southeast Asia. UserZoom, based in the UK, has test users in Germany, Spain and other countries. UX testing has testers in the US, Canada, Taiwan and India. User testing and a few others are based in the US. Use both quantitative and qualitative data to understand users. Both quantitative and qualitative research methods can provide insight into local users' behaviour. For example, usability tests, interviews, analytics data, heat maps, user session recordings, and academic research, such as credible white papers, user behaviour reports and publications. These research methods will reveal nuances that are not always obvious and that can improve the user experience and ROI. With data, UX designers can understand how users are using the websites they design, and the impact of their designs, including, for example, where users dropped off and where they clicked. Testing helps you to understand which elements of your website design are affecting your success. You can run A-B tests on different aspects of your digital marketing campaigns, different messages, imagery, layouts and more, to see which elements provide better results. When you perform an A-B test, you should only choose one element to test. For example, if you are testing a landing page, you might start with the headline. Change the copy for the headline in one test version and keep the other the same. Then, test each one to see which performs the best. If you test multiple changes at once, and one page outperforms the other, you won't know why. Don't assume that countries which are near each other are like each other. It is easy to assume that two neighbouring countries are culturally similar, and in many ways that is true. But when it comes to cross-cultural user experience design, understanding the differences between cultures, even if they are geographically close, is essential in creating a high-performing website. For example, Europe is often treated by website designers as a single entity, 
when in reality, each country has its own UX preferences and norms. France and the UK are close neighbours, but French websites typically show prominent pricing, large photos and clear calls to action, whereas UK websites tend to be more minimalist. By contrast, India and Mexico are geographically far apart, but have surprisingly similar UX preferences. Rather than focusing on geography, a cultural framework like Hofstede's theory of cultural dimensions can be a better way to group countries. For example, into individualist versus collectivist countries, and so on. Alternatively, understanding the difference between high-context and low-context cultures and grouping markets accordingly is another worthwhile approach. Identify the market's primary devices and connectivity. If the target audience for a product is wealthy tech employees based in California, it may be reasonable to assume that most users have the latest iPhone making it easy to design for that device. However, when designing for a new market, it is important to avoid assumptions and start with research. When entering a new market, make sure you understand the device usage in that market, specifically for your sector and your target audience. For example, some target audiences might not use smartphones, or they may have low connection speeds which will affect design. Designs need to be formatted for the right screen sizes and load in a way that suits the target market's minimum connection speeds. By identifying a market's primary devices and connectivity stats, a design team can produce an effective design for its intended environment. Localize marketing copy. Whilst it is free to use Google Translate, as discussed in Chapter 6 and elsewhere, there is a significant difference between translated copy and localised copy. It is always best to use a local in-market expert to understand the linguistic nuances of your target market. Relying on machine translations risks making businesses and products appear careless or even questionable. Even within languages, there are big differences in how they are used across markets. There are significant differences in how English is used in the UK compared to other markets where English is widely spoken. For example, Britons say sweets, Americans say candy, Australians say lollies. What might be called a vacation rental in the US might be called a holiday let in the UK. In the UK and the US, the phrase buy one get one free is expressed as bog off. In the Philippines, the equivalent expression amongst English speakers is buy one, take one. So the acronym bog off would not make sense. ROI of localization and cross-cultural user experience design. Localization and adapting websites and products to a local culture may seem like a lot of effort, but the business value of localization is surprisingly high. Agencies report that their clients see a 20% increase in conversions when website landing pages and paid ads are localized. 
that percentage increases to 70% when entire websites are localised. As global brands like Netflix, Starbucks and IKEA invest in localization by employing specialised teams all over the world, there is no doubt that creating a cross-cultural design makes international users more likely to adopt and stay loyal to localised products. Chapter Summary Key Points Hofstede's theory of cultural dimensions is a useful framework for UX designers when tailoring designs for different cultures. Research user-local interface patterns in your target markets. Cultures respond differently to design patterns which will affect your conversion rates. User research provides useful insights which complement quantitative data. Usability tests, interviews, analytics data, heat maps, user session recordings and academic research all help you to build up a picture of the optimal UX for your target markets. Don't assume that countries which are near each other are like each other. That is not always the case. Conversely, countries which are geographically far apart can exhibit UX similarities. Device usage and internet speeds vary by market around the world. Your UX needs to reflect the reality in your target markets. Localization and adapting websites and products to a local culture can incur substantial effort, but the return on investment from sensitive localization is surprisingly high. <laughs>